Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the adoption influence. So we're talking about the global adoption influence on adoptive parents, how this impacts them, what it looks like, what effect it can have. And I thought we would go into this podcast really trying to explain from their perspective what they may or may not be encountering. Because again, by raising adoption awareness, which is one of our common goals with this podcast, will hopefully help alleviate and negate the myths and the things that are not true and boost up the the truisms and the facts that are. So when you're thinking about adoptive parents and they have decided to adopt, maybe because uh, having children biologically wasn't an option, maybe because they just felt called to adoption, maybe they have a close family member or friend that was adopted and they really wanted to be a part of the adoption triad themselves. And so they chose adoption. And Adoption itself is is not taboo, nor should anything surrounding adoption be taboo. And we need to celebrate adoption as a whole. But we need to celebrate it like we would celebrate a pregnancy. You know, I was in Hobby Lobby the other day, and I was walking through the frame section. And they now had a whole end cap of adoption frames for people who are adopting. And it was just amazing. I mean, there were so many cute little sayings on them. And they were beautiful. And I remember thinking that's exactly how it should be. There should be an adoption one, and then there should be a pregnancy. It's funny you talking about that, because just yesterday we went through the drive through in Wendy's. And I know I had heard that Dave Thomas had been adopted, but they asked us, hey, would you like to donate a dollar to Dave's adoption, whatever? And I was like, oh, I didn't know they did this. This is cool. Yeah, I'll donate five. <laughs> so... I, I just yeah. think it's great that it's getting a little more known out there in the public and people have a more positive image of it. And that's amazing. And yeah, Dave Thomas is really, really in he was he was he's passed away, since, mm-hmm. but very influential in foster to adopt. 
and that, yeah, it's incredible. So I think it's amazing that you donated it. Hopefully other people will as well. I hope so too. So I think we really need to, you know, celebrate the news of adoption. So if, if you have a friend or family member and they come to you and they say, Hey, guess what? We're going to, we're going to adopt your reaction should be the same as if they came out and said they were pregnant. I think that we have to say these things to help it become the norm because we have seen on TV through movies and, you know, stories of a friend of a friend of a cousin, you know, had this experience. And I have heard from adoptive families that, you know, when they share their news, their family and friends didn't know how to react. Some, some of them, they looked a little confused. Like, why are you choosing to adopt? Can you not have children? Like they didn't know where to go with the next statement. Right. Give them a hug, jump up and down, high five them, fist bump them. I mean, it's exciting. And they're telling you so that you can be a part of their adoption journey to help support them. I think that's really important. I think that that is not the time to share your concerns uh, with them. I think that if they, they wanted to hear what your concerns are, they probably would have seeked them out. Sharing or, or, you know, sending them um, articles or, you know, movies that have a negative adoption context is probably also not going to be beneficial to their experience. Right. Um, Words matter. Words really matter. So you got to mind your P's and Q's. When, When you're talking about adoption, we want people to use the adoption friendly terms, you know, She's the birth mother's not giving up a baby. The birth mother is placing a baby. And, you know, when people say, oh, you're so lucky or the baby's so lucky to have you. This isn't a luck. This is a choice. And a conscious decision is something that takes effort and energy. Luck is what you hopefully happens to you when you're at the casino. Right. Or when you buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. Correct. That's luck. So. That's luck. Choosing to make an adoption plan and have an adoption journey should be valued more and should be understood that this was a conscious effort to do this. This wasn't just buying, yeah, like you said, buying a ticket or showing up at the casino. Like this was thought about and processed and, you know, not only was financial endeavors a part of it, but emotional. And so this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. So I think that, you know, you can take the wind out of somebody's sail in almost everything when they're sharing something that means so much to them. But when they're talking about adoption, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a reason why you're listening. And we need you to help us spread the news and help us turn that corner on the adoption influence that some adoptive parents have had to endure. So there are many, many types of influence, and we're not going to go through all of them. But some of the main ones that I really want to point out are, as a society, social media really has a strong presence among us. Mm-hmm. According to Schneider, Grumman, and Kautz, in their study they did in 2012, they found that we may conform to social norms and begin to change our opinions based on what society believes acceptable behaviors to be. 
So the reason this is important for us to understand when we're looking at the context of adoption, if we as a society believe that adoption should not be celebrated as you would celebrate a pregnancy, Mm -hmm. then people won't do it. So we collectively as a whole globally need to embrace the change. Mm -hmm. And right now our society is going through all kinds of change and we're embracing things that are different now than they were in the past. And so this is one um, more to add to the list. Absolutely. And that's the way society is supposed to progress and change. And 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 I think that it's important that adoption is a huge part of that and becomes so much more accepted. And I think it is. Incrementally, every day, you'll hear another story and go, okay, people are starting to get it and starting to embrace it. I completely concur. There was another study done by Dr. Michael Workman, who is an associate professor of the technology management. Um, this was a study done out at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. He found that social media can affect bias. He states, we found that when people are seeking new information about a topic, that social media can change people's minds. But if they've already made up their minds on something, say politics or religion, they mostly seek out information to confirm what they already believe. Where I found new knowledge in the statement, because I think we all kind of know that that our opinions and beliefs are shaped by social media, Right, is that people really do look for information to back their pre-existing beliefs and opinions. Mm -hmm. And so when you're planning to adopt and your family member or friend has, you know, read about or heard about something that wasn't adoption positive and they want to talk to you about it, they have come maybe armed with stories and facts and evidence because with our access to social media and the internet, we can pretty much find anything and everything to back our beliefs. Right. And I think it's important with not just with adoption, but with any issue to try to seek out those you disagree with because they may have something to teach you and you may change your opinion, but you will never know if you surround yourself only by like if I was only to surround myself with positives about adoption, for instance, I think it's important that I get the other side or listen to the abortion arguments. And I don't see something like that changing my mind, but I want to know what's out there. Of course, you want to open important. the door and, and see see the monster behind. I get right. it. Another type of influence is your education level. People that have gone to college and people who haven't gone to college, I have found oftentimes have very different perceptions on college. Well, I didn't need to go to college. I know everything I want to know. And then you've got the other side that is like, well, I went to college and I really learned a lot. And that's that's the boat I'm in as I mm-hmm. went to college and I learned a lot. And stuff that I learned in college, I still use on a daily basis. And so I think your education level, because it opens your mind to so many different things and ways to look at things and ways to analyze things, I think that that also has an influence on you and your opinion. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, when, when you further your education, it's like you're opening pathways or channels. And as you continue to open them, more information and knowledge comes through. And so... It's not to say that if you didn't go to college or have further education that you wouldn't, but 
because there are ways you can do it, you know, by branching out and reading and educating yourself. So opening these pathways and allowing yourself to gain more knowledge rather than just, you know, through one tunnel, you've got maybe 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. You're then more open and you're able to see things and understand and look at it and analyze it differently. So I think that education plays a huge part. Experience. If you've had a great adoption experience and you're on your second adoption, absolutely, you're going to look at this differently. You know, if somebody was to come on and be like, hey, can we talk about my concerns? Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about that for a minute, Ron. Uh, you come to me and tell me you're adopting. Mm-hmm. And I look at you and I say, I want to talk to you about my concerns about that. <laughs> and we've all had that in different experiences in our lives where people yeah. are negative right off the bat. And I think if you do have concerns about somebody else's adoption, for instance, I think it is important for you to go to them in a positive way and ask them questions. You know, what but they don't do you owe you ex- answers. No, they don't. Absolutely. But I think that's more a more effective way to approach it than, all right, you're thinking about adopting. Here's my concerns. How about Okay, and what do you expect to get out of the adoption? You know, and come in a more positive tone of voice, more positive mental attitude, things like that. You're saying the way that you handle it. Yeah. I think when you go through life and you're excited about something and you are sharing your excitement about the event that's going to occur and somebody wants to come in and, and talk to you about their concerns, even asking questions or just listing their concerns, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's somebody coming in with loads of luggage and just dumping it on your front doorstep. Okay. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then they leave. And so now they have come in and they feel lighter because they're not carrying their luggage anymore. Right. And you were excited celebrating and walking in and out of your front door. And now you can't even see out your front door because all their (laughs) luggage is standing there. And I think that that is really how, how I see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like I said, experience plays a, a role. Um, generational influence. Our belief system is largely shaped by the role models that we've had growing up, mm-hmm. by the experiences that our relatives have had and then are raising us. And so, you know, if you have a generational belief system in your family, it is hard to deviate from that because then you're not in sync with your family. Your birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. You want to be in sync with your people. And when you take a belief that your your people and your family and your friends don't agree with, it can be hard to take a stand because mm-hmm. then you're not, it's like there's a big circle and they're all standing in the circle and you're in that circle. And the minute you choose to not believe what they're believing, you're outside of that circle in that particular area. That's hard because nobody wants to be outside the circle. Right. And when you're trying to shift a perspective or a belief system, in some families, it may feel like turning the Titanic. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you pull one out of the circle and you just get that one person out and then you go in for the next one and that person's creeping back into the circle. And so, you know, it can be, it can be difficult. I know that with my biological mother, that was one of the hardest things was that, where she grew up and the family and their belief system, they did not accept adoption. Right. And so that was one of the main reasons that I was never brought up or discussed. And I was one of the family secrets. 
Now, when you reconnected with your mother and you went back there, for instance, and started meeting the family, do you think that helped to change a lot of those multi-generational opinions about adoptions by seeing you? I don't know that that would have been enough. But do you I, think it helped to start turning I hope the Titanic? So. I hope I hope. Yes, I hope I hope that it, it at least got the engine turned on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the car was moving, but I hope the engine was turned on. I know that she was still judged for the choice that she made. Right. And when she passed away at the funeral, I had written her eulogy. And that is where, again, I tried to steer the Titanic. And even after she died, I still wanted the opinions of those that she loved so much to start to change and see that she did something amazing and beautiful. And this was something to be celebrated. Right. And so, I, again, time will tell as to, you know, how much we're, we're moving in that direction. But that's a pretty strong influence. Yeah. Social influence as a whole is undeniably strong as well. In 1981, psychologist Bib Lantain created the idea of social impact theory. And what it suggests is that individuals can be the sources of social influence. So would an example of this, of, of this uh, theory, would that be what I was talking about just now with you going back and seeing this family who multi-generationally was somewhat anti-adoption or d- had a negative view of maybe you're that influence, that individual that might start the seed of change? Is that I think of- that is I think that's a really good example. Yes, I think. And that's where everything starts is with the seed. It's with the, it's with you've got to start somewhere. If you're going to mm-hmm. win the race, there's got to be a starting point. If right. you're going to uh, build a building, you start by laying the framework. So there always has to be a beginning point. Mm-hmm. And I think as a whole, we're past that with adoption. I think we are, you know, we're in the race now. Um, you know, we've got a hold of the steering wheel and the Titanic and, and we're driving it <laughs> right. or sailing it or whatever you want to say. Uh, the boat's moving. <laughs> and it's not moving in the direction of the glacier. So we're, right. we're doing we're doing we're doing good things here. Really, the whole goal of this podcast mm-hmm. is really for people to understand when you are a friend, a family member, a coworker, even an acquaintance of somebody who is choosing adoption for their life journey and they're about to become an adoptive parent, choose to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Choose to be that person for them that maybe has a sip and see after the adoption's finalized, where you can have a little party and meet the baby after after everything's done. If you contribute towards the positive, the celebratory, the supportive excitement, yeah, then that is people will follow your lead. If you have a hundred people and they're clustered together and they're all looking up at the sky, what's going to happen when you walk up? You're going to look up. Darn right. Be that person. Be that person that looks up at the sky first. And if you're not first, be the second or the third or the fourth but keep it going. 
If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.